0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Okay, MEMSPA podcast Podcast listeners, Listeners. this is Ben Gilpin. I am coming at you today. We are back from the MEMSPA conference up in Traverse City. It was a fantastic time, and I have a special guest with us today. Not only am I delighted to be talking to her, but also it is her birthday so this is going to be fantastic a couple things it is the holiday season it is the turning of the calendar into a new year time and so think about this leaders as you start to flip the calendar to 2020 you know what are your resolutions or do you have a one word and I think you should be putting that out there for your staff to see. We need to model that for our staff. So be thinking about that as we jump into this episode. And without any further ado, Sarah Bentley. Welcome, Sarah.
1: Thank you, Ben. Glad to be with you.
0: I am delighted to have you on. And it's your birthday. So shout out to you. Happy birthday, Sarah.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a great day. Uh,
0: So tell us uh, real quick, just in a little snippet, where are you currently at?
1: I am at Heritage School in Stockbridge, grades three through six.
0: And how long have you been there?
1: I have been there. This is actually my fourth year, man. It feels like I just came on yesterday, but in year four. Yep.
0: Four years, th- grades three through six. So by the time they get to you in third grade, they've hopefully had a few things ironed out and you're just going to hit the ground running, right?
1: And that's the hope. <laughs> Don't we all hope <laughs> that? <Yeah.
0: laughs> Absolutely. But you also get some of those uh, pre-teen uh, hormones kicking in probably by fifth and sixth grade. So I don't know if that, that's a plus or a minus, but we just kind of <laughs> run with it, right?
1: We we sure do. Yeah, we definitely do. And I've always had, uh, I, I love the middle level kids. So I'm glad to have those kids in my building as well.
0: Terrific. Well, Sarah, I know you've listened to the podcast before. So we're going to start out and the first question is, what are two things most people don't know about you?
1: Okay, and I I thought a little bit about this, and I don't have many secrets, but if I did have to pick a couple of things, I'd say most people are pretty surprised when I start talking about my Kentucky roots. So I grew up um, not far from here in Chelsea, and my dad moved up here to Michigan and Chelsea when he was just 18 from the Left Fork Rock House, which is just outside of Pikeville, Kentucky. So we still have a house down there and about 60 acres surrounded by lots of family. So that's, that's an important part of, of who I am.
0: Little bluegrasser. So did, I I, (laughs) I guess the follow-up question to that would be, did you ever own a horse? Did you, did you make it down (laughs) to the Kentucky Derby? I mean, what would that look like?
1: Nope, this part of Kentucky is a little bit different than that. We are right in the hills of Appalachia, so no, we didn't really have. A, we don't have a horse. Um, we just have lots of beautiful mountainside to look at.
0: Very good. Okay, so that's one. What's the second thing that most people don't know about you?
1: The second one is, um, given all of that and how I grew up, people are also surprised when I tell them that I don't eat meat. So I'm a vegetarian. It kind of doesn't go with that um, down home upbringing.
0: And and you got me there because you're 100% accurate. I had no idea that you were not a meat eater. So I learned something every single time I'm talking to my new guests on this. You know, has it always been that way or did you just kind of evolve over time?
1: No, it evolved over time. I would say, actually, I stopped liking meat. I stopped eating red meat first. I just genuinely did not like the taste. And so I just stopped eating it. And then it kind of just worked its way through the rest of the different types of meat. And um, I'm allergic to fish. So um, that's an EpiPen allergy that I carry with me. So it was a pretty easy transition. It's been about a little over 20 years now.
0: So it's your birthday and I guarantee people are not bringing you beef jerky.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, my older brothers probably still try to do those things to me just because they can to bother me a little bit. But yeah, no, no beef jerky on my desk today.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, let's go to question number two, Sarah. Something on a daily basis or at a time of need that you draw from, like some inspiration, some motivation. What do you got in your toolbox here?
1: Okay. Well, I have a couple things. Personally, of of course, is my family. Uh, my parents had pretty humble beginnings and overcame a lot. My father, especially, in the last years of his life, battled type 2 diabetes and cancer and fought with everything he had. So I admire him so much, and many times when I'm wondering which direction to go or what decision to make, I try to think of what he would say or do. And then another important man in my life is my son, who's uh, 24 years old now, inspires me every day. He's a creative genius, songwriter, musician. And he just honestly amazes me with his ability to entertain and put smiles on people's faces. So I admire him for that.
0: Well, that's really cool. Yeah, and it's different ends of the spectrum. I mean, you've got you've got your dad, and then that who's just who's passed away, but you also have your son. So I mean, that's that's, it's completely opposite ends of the spectrum. So that that's really cool.
1: Absolutely, I'm pretty lucky. I'm, I'm both those counts. So, and then professionally, when I need to find some strength and like those times that we all know that we have throughout our day. I think that what I draw on is inspiration from my mentors and fellow principals. So I think about my learning and leadership matters with our greats, Debbie McFallone and Derek Wheaton, who are wonderful reminders of why we do what we do and who remind us to walk in our purpose, stay grounded in that purpose and to lead with integrity. So if you do those things, you'll have success. And and also, like my close friends in this profession who've been doing this work long before me, like uh, Craig McCullough and how he has led with courage and integrity in his district and across the state, really, to be certain that all students are valued and represented. So it inspires me to do the same.
0: Well said. Very well said. And especially with us just having the MEMSPA conference just recently, where we were able to connect and see so many people, you just hit the nail on the head. The, I mean, hit you know, these relationships that we that we foster over time and and not only are they colleagues across the state, but they're also friends. So
1: Absolutely. very well said. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay, Sarah, that brings us to the third and final question during season three. This is always one of my favorites and and I am excited to kind of hear your answer on this one. So the question is, I would imagine someone saw leadership qualities in you before you may have even seen them in yourself. Who was that person and what would you what would you say to him right now?
1: Well, I think I have a a few actually, and and just personally, first would be my parents. Of course, they always expressed the importance of staying true to who you are as a person and to do your own thing and to lead um, instead of follow. And it's just something that they always taught us as kids. And in terms of, I'd say each of my principals saw it at different times throughout my career. However, the one that sticks with me the most was my former principal and fellow MEMSPA member, Nick Angel, Uh, He was always pushing me to lead with him. He made sure to give me leadership roles throughout the building. And what was most uh, meaningful was I was up for a principal position within our district. And to be honest, I really thought I had it and I didn't get it. And disappointment was pretty vast and and tough. I was a district I grew up in and taught in for for a very long time, nearly 20 years, and, and I didn't get it. So When the posting for my current position came up, it was Nick who sent it to me and who pushed me to apply. And he was and still is a tremendous support for me and a great friend. So I tell him that. I tell him thank you like I have many times before.
0: And you know what? Your vulnerability in answering that question is just top notch because that's a, I guarantee in the moment that stung and oh,
1: did. you know, <laughs> you did. know,
0: for you for you to take the advice of, of a friend and mentor and for you to kind of pull up your bootstraps and and take on the next opportunity, the next challenge and the and the next, you know, it's it's what is that adage? When one door closes, another one no, may oh, open and and, right. and so you know, you decide to go through that other door and look at you now and not only look at you now, but congratulations are in order. You were a regional principal of the year.
1: <laughs> thanks i appreciate that i was pretty humbled by that honestly i uh feel like there are others much more deserving but it, it was quite an honor
0: well so now you've got so not only all of that but i mean and i know that you're not this type of of a person but you've got to be looking at yourself and saying okay remove from this situation look where i am now and you've done you've done a you've really kind of stood your ground and done a great job. So you've got to be feeling good about where you are currently at Heritage and in your current district, right?
1: Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, I'm the kind of person who believes, really do believe that things happen for a reason. And I was put right where I was intended to be. We had a a lot of work to do here and we've done a lot of great things in, in our district and at Heritage. And yeah, I absolutely do feel great about being here. Yep.
0: Well, good for you. And I'm glad you walked through that other door because I'm delighted every single time I get to see you. I know you and I touched base up uh, earlier this year um, up at Treetops, and then we just recently saw each other at uh, Traverse City from MEMSPA. And every time I cross paths with you, you, Sarah, I am always delighted to see you because you are a bright, cheerful face. And not only that, but you're always real. And so for that, I say thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Ben, and Feelings Mutual, man. Without a doubt, you've helped me out. Um, It's been great to get to know you through MEMSPA. And, you know, we've used things happening in your building. You've helped me out in terms of bringing things to my building in terms of social-emotional learning. And so I just, I appreciate you as well.
0: Well, thanks again for coming on and happy birthday. I hope you live it up tonight. And I hope that uh, as we turn the calendar to 2020, that uh, it's a fantastic year for you as well. So, Sarah, thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks a lot, Ben. It was great, great to be here and talk to you.
0: As for everybody else, um, hopefully you check this episode out with Sarah and I, and feel free to leave your thoughts, leave your, leave your feedback, and uh, be able to share it out because together we are definitely better. With that being said... This will be the final episode of 2019, and we are going to transition that calendar to 2020. So I will see you again after the calendar turns. Thanks, everybody. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect, because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag Memspachat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.